0: Just the beauty of His love for us—it propels us. It propels us into loving others. When we capture that revelation of the love for the love of the Father has for each and every one of us, we can't hold that love to ourselves. We were talked to. Uh, Greg spoke yesterday, uh, last week, about being blessed to be a blessing. And if you've been blessed with the love of the Father, you can't hold that back. You can't keep that to yourself. And so our purpose from knowing Him is loving others, taking that process. Not with our human love, because our human love can be conditional. It can, it can hold on to, it has boundaries. But we need to ask for His love, His unconditional love that brings light into the darkness. 1 Corinthians 13 love I like, that provides patience, kindness comes without envy, boastfulness, but it it brings that element of truth. It brings protection, hope for the future and draws people for an opportunity to have relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our loving Heavenly Father. And then we walk together on this line of sanctification, contending for the mysteries that lie in His amazing Word and following that cycle again, of understanding, growing, knowing him more, taking it out, bringing people in. It's fantastic. So tonight um, I want to rip apart just one element of, uh, of this vision because I think I'll be here all night otherwise. But this uh, element of walking together, it's a huge passion of mine, huge passion which God has placed on my heart to, um, to see people come together, to contend for God's truth, to be in relationship uh, with 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 small groups, whether it's uh, one-to-one, whether it's threes, whether it's twelves, fifteens, whatever that looks like, to be in that place. And uh, I covered the last time I spoke uh, on discipleship, I think it was back in May, about the fruits that can be developed from walking together. I spoke about freedom, I spoke about unity, and I spoke about truth. And tonight we'll go further and just see um, what does it look like for us, Uh, As the Rock family, walking together, what does that look like? How did Christ model it to us with his disciples? And what are the benefits uh, from journeying together? I've uh, just got a little clip which I'd like to show you uh, right now uh, before I get into that though. Thanks,
1: I oh, I couldn't, well, maybe just a bite. <laughs> oh yeah! right! Oh, <laughs> Don't forget the interest. Dude, he brought the pipe.
0: God's pies. I wanted to show that to you because that's a a very key thought of mine and I'm having to assess this for myself for 2012 is taking a little look in and around this whole area of walking together is where is my time? Where is my time being put? Where is my focus going to be for 2012? Where am I putting my efforts in? Am I putting a huge lump of my pie into, uh, into things that you know, God wants us to have. He wants us to have those careers. He wants us to, to have lives which, uh, which have meaning, which have purpose. But if we're not walking in alignment with each other to seek the Father, then uh, are we leaving uh, any pie whatsoever for God? Are we leaving any pie in order for Him to speak to us through others that we come into contact with, within our family, within those that He wants to share His love and His, uh, his compassion, uh, but his, his truth to us as well? And um, so that's a, a huge question for us all in this process of walking together. Will we choose to make God the majority of our pie? I have such a passion and desire, as I said, for the topic of walking together because I've grown up in a generation which has been so deceived into thinking uh, that going our own way, trying to do things uh, my way is the easiest. It's the uh, quickest way of dealing with consequences and situations that just hit us in our life, things that just pop up. And it comes through our music today. You've got, you've got individuals like Usher singing songs like My Way with lyrics like, What I say goes and I'm in control. Or Britney Spears singing, i got to do it my way or no way at all. It has been embedded into us. But we go through so many crucial decisions in our lives, whatever our age whether we're young and we're going through uh, going through through struggles of identity, whether you know you're in a, a young adult position where you're you're thinking about relationships, first homes, whether you're thinking about uh, entering into uh, entering into a marriage, all of these things come up, and uh, and and they have a huge impact on the way in which we walk as a disciple of Christ, and uh, these are the areas in which the enemy loves to get us on our own. He loves to deceive us about the truth that we can have and what we can experience. I said things like marriage, finances, relationships, sex, careers, even our own interpretation of the word and who God wants to be in our lives can be challenged. And I see it all the time. I've got a friend which I've recently just been uh, journeying with and um, uh, we were talking about this whole premise that Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And he says, Well that's not that's not what I've heard, sire. I've heard that, you know, other interpretations of the word says, I am a way. You know, it's it's also just so incredible that I look through even the, the various different versions of the Bible and it still says, I am the way. You can't confuse that. You can't confuse that. And when we're told and when we see and we, we hear the truth. It says in my word that the truth will set you free. And I've received freedom through my relationship with Christ. And that is the truth that I know. So if Christ says to me, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I'm experiencing that. I'm seeing that in my own life. I'm seeing that in the lives of others that choose him, that choose his ways. I believe he is the truth. Another friend of mine, Jamie in the UK, who was a heroin addict. I walked with him for a, a number of years um, when I was quite young and um, was in this process of just wanting to, to help. Um, but there was always that hindrance. There was always that, that, that problem that, that stuck with him, which was the people that he was hanging around with, the people that he was hearing from and the words that were being spoken into his life, were ones of negativity, ones that, of reliance upon the drug. And ultimately, that was a, that was a huge hindrance for him So who is it that we're listening to? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Or is it in most cases just simply self taking over and saying we'll be all right on our own? One of the big things that uh, the enemy loves to do, and I wanted to uh, use this as an example, some reeds, I didn't have time to go down to the forest and get any... Twigs or anything that was a little bit stronger. But, um, you know, if you've ever seen this example of uh, single stick syndrome versus multiple sticks, you'll understand what the enemy tries to do. On our own, you can be picked off, you can be broken. The enemy will speak in just like he did to Eve and say, Is that really what God said to you? Is that really what he meant by that? Oh, that relationship's still healthy, you know. There's no, uh, there's no problems with that. You should stick with that. Does it really say no sex before marriage? Does it really say that uh, that God is the way, the truth, and the life? As an individual, we can get picked off, but I'm going to get a, my strong man. Where's Mitch Stewart? Come on, Mitch Stewart, the bulldog. And this is an example of the church, standing together as one, united, walking together. And so uh, Mitch is the devil, I'm sorry. You're not really, man. You're not really. But Mitch is going to try, try and break that. The truth which is being spoken over people's lives cannot be hindered because there's numbers, there's growth, there's strength. Thanks very much, Mitch. He almost did break it. he's so strong (laughs) but in 2012 this is what we as the rock need to be looking for if we haven't started already God is calling us his people to do life together not just on Sundays but throughout the week I recognize that I need each of you on my spiritual walk whether you are young or whether you're old either or it's so, so important. I can't tell you how much life and vitality the youth of fight have to offer me in, in, in allowing my, my soul to be recharged, in allowing my spirit to soar because I see the energy and the, and the passion that they have for their Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you the the benefit of having spiritual parents in my life that speak to me when I'm in a difficult situation that they've already been in and they can speak truth into that situation. They can speak off the back of experience and bring light into the darkness areas that I have. I especially recognise it when we are discovering more and more of God's Word and particularly at the moment that we are the body of Christ, preparing ourselves to be the bride of Christ. It's like we're on a moving ship at the moment as a rock. We're on, a, uh, we're on one of these huge tankers that may be well starting off slow. And we're on that journey, we're on that process, but it's so big that once it grabs momentum, we're not going to be able to stop this. We're not going to be able to stop this. And I don't want to be someone who misses out. I don't want to be someone who misses out on, on the opportunity of, of receiving the truth that God has planned for me as an individual, but also for my brothers and sisters, for you. And uh, I don't know about you, but getting left behind is not, uh, is not a nice feeling. I don't want others that I'm journeying with to feel lost either. We have a Saviour who loves us so much that He showed us how to model it. He showed us how, how to walk together, how to be, to be one so let's take a look, let's get into the Word at how the disciples first journeyed this process. And so we're going to go to Luke 5, uh, verse 1 to 11 and just learn what comes from, uh, from a, a stage, a platform of walking together. And this is the, the, the very first point in which Jesus uh, comes to, uh, to meet some of his, his first 12. So Luke 5, 1 to 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. It was clearly a cool boat. And asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boats. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him some points which I want to make tonight from this scripture. And my first point, they heard truth spoken from the master. We don't know from Luke's gospel what Jesus said to the crowd, but it clearly had an impact on Simon, James, John and all of the others. They'd heard truth. They'd heard truth from him. And they had this confidence to call him master. You are my master. I want to be in environments Where we walk together, where truth literally pierces me from the inside out. It causes me to change from my desires to his desires. Elmay said it so so perfectly. We've got to fall in alignment with what he has for us. Surrendering our desires to his desires. I want to be like a, a Berean in Acts 17 that receives a message, a word of encouragement, prophecy from my fellow brothers, from, uh, from, from you, with eagerness, and then to just soak in the word of God, to seek truth from what is being said. We've come to a belief that all ages, you know, we, we, we need, sorry, we need to come to a, a belief that all ages have their part to play in speaking truth into our situations and that we can learn from one another. You know, I, I, I want to see, um, see Nathan Finley up speaking more. I want to see Sam Willis. I encourage you this morning, bro, because I see that mantle upon you for this year, the, the power of God and, and discerning you, discerning the Spirit of God. I want more people to come forward with the power of God through prophecy, through speaking life. And I want to be able to soak in that. And this is the perfect, safe environment in which you can do that. You can do that here in your life groups. It's so, so encouraging to be part of that. And it doesn't matter about our background. It doesn't matter about our upbringings. But the hunger and the desire to seek Him first with everything that we have and to allow Him to speak to us through others. They heard the truth and they spoke from the Master. Number two, trust. Trust challenge and acceptance. Simon had to trust Jesus. He had to trust him in this situation. You have a little look. When they had finished, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Jesus wasn't a fisherman. Simon didn't have to trust him from from that perspective, but he'd heard truth. He'd heard what he had to say and it had spoken into his soul that he said, you know what, I need to listen to this man. This man has something for me that I've never heard before. I'm going to trust Him. We too this year, I think, are going to be taking a process when we're walking together of going on a journey of trusting those with giftings and look to develop those, not to hinder them. There are so many, there's, there's anointed gifts in this house that are yet to be unveiled and there are ones that were, are already being used. I think, of, uh, I think of Ingrid Hewitson as an example. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. But as a, as, as, as a prophet, that can be quite scary. That can be quite scary. We may not um, truly understand the ins and outs of it, but will we walk with her? You know, will I choose to, to walk with her and go, Look, Ingrid, maybe I don't understand the ins and outs of the gift which is on you, but I honour you for it. I honour the, 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 the gift that God has placed on your heart and I want to know more. It's people who, who come and serve us week in, week out when they worship. And maybe we're in a, in a place where we're, we're dry, we, we're not, not too sure. I want to I tap into to those people and say, what is it that puts you on fire so much to worship the Lord God with everything that you have? There are so many different giftings which are in this house and they're going to be unveiled more and more. And you're going to experience that within your small groups within life groups. You're going to experience that as we come together corporately. I want us to be able to develop a heart to say, you are anointed in this area maybe I'm not, but I want to walk and I want to discover more of that. An environment to challenge. To challenge our normal way of thinking and believing that we've got it all down pat. These guys have been working all day. They've been working all night. They've been putting their nets down They've been putting so much hard process into this fishing and what Jesus was implying was something that was going to break the norm. was going to break the norm of their mindsets, the way in which they conducted themselves. This year, will we challenge each other from our normal way of thinking and believing that we've got it all down pat but are now step into what the truth that Christ has, the truth that His Word lays down and contend for that. To not say that we've all got it down pat and we've got it right. But be comfortable in saying, I don't, I don't know the answers. Let's, let's work this out together. Let's discover it together. It's exciting. And then acceptance. An environment where we recognise that we're not always going to be right first time. But there's a process of walking people to come through on the other side. Can we do that? Can we do that? Please, this year, that we would accept each other for whatever stage of walk that they're in, whatever failings that they have, and to just have arms open wide to say, my Father in heaven declares you as a son, the daughter of the living God, and I believe in that for you, and I'm going to walk with you through that process. You see, Jesus did exactly the same with his disciples. We look in uh, in Matthew 10, um, verse 1. And uh, I think I've got this up here as well. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And he said, As you go, proclaim this message the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, and freely you have received, freely you give. He didn't hold them back in the small groups. As we're in life groups this year together, as we're walking together, it's not going to be an environment where we just go, oh, that was a nice evening. But it's going to be an opportunity in which you get to exercise. You get to uh, work on those gifts which you so passionately want. Not so that it's an end in itself, but it's to lead us to God. It's to lead us to Him. The beautiful thing is that after Matthew 10, 1 and the disciples are sent back, they come back, they journey with Christ. And Matthew 17:14 to 20 comes up with this uh, this story about when Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. And from verse 14, it says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and And perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy instantly and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know, Jesus didn't, didn't go to the disciples, oh, clear off, you're just not getting it. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want to journey with you anymore. You can just hear it in his language. It's like, oh, you silly, you silly guys. How, how long? How long is it going to take? But you know what? I'm going to carry on. I'm going to, perse- I'm going to persevere. I'm going to journey with you until, you until you get this right. And the disciples are, are just so, so hungry to learn. Are we hungry to learn uh, the, the ways of, of the Lord this year? Are we hungry to, to press in more? And Christ is just there with open arms and the same is, is to be said for us. Are we going to be an accepting community that that enables people, encourages people to, to use their gifts and if they don't get it right the first time, will we keep developing that? Will we keep walking with them? There is a gift in this house for each and every one of you. You are not to... To feel as though it is to be left to the leadership or to the staff or anyone, God has called you as an individual to be a blessing to others. I'll grab the next slide, thanks, guys. Number three: the fruit produced multiplication. And it's not just fruit in numbers, but also the development of our spiritual gifts. Not so that it's an end, but that we can give ourselves a, that we can give ourselves a pat on the back but more that it directs us to, to the amazing revelation of how God works and wants to use his people. There's so much fruit to be had from, from developing and walking together and taking that process. where we will, we, will, we will take people from one step of bondage into the next and you see the fruit. It becomes possible as we walk it and it builds faith and it builds life within the house. Number four, that we would be transformed. There was transformation of the mind. Simon Peter said, he fell to his knees, go away from me Lord, I'm a sinful man. He recognised the power of God. He recognised the power that Jesus had. It's amazing that, that we can be um, contrite, we can come and, and be humble once we've uh, once we've received that revelation, but I wonder if we will take that process of being transformed continually. I know I'm on a constant process. I'm not someone who's going to want to be stuck in in the same place as I was last year. I'm constantly moving, constantly recognizing that I'm going to be transformed as new things come come into uh, in, in through, through and from His Word through you. Uh, each and every one of you as you share the, the revelations that you're experiencing. I want to be able to, to hear those. I want to be able to, to walk with you on those. And my mind to be transformed as it comes as it says from, from Romans Romans twelve. Turning away from the old and stepping into the new. And then number five, that we would they would be followers of him. They followed him and journey together don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people so they pulled their boats up on shore left everything and followed him the encouragement that we should have of following the father and taking this journey together is one of excitement for me it's not something that i see as as being daunting but at the same time, it requires a cost. It requires a cost of all of me to to say right. Do I choose to cut my big better, better pie up to place it on my hobbies this year, or maybe I'm going to get so bogged down and stressed out with uh, new study or or uh, new ventures that I'm not going to have the time for that. But God is wanting us to walk together. And to receive newness and experience oneness with Him. His one desire is that we would love Him with all that we have. With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And that in turn would help us to love others. Everything being brought back to the emphasis that is all about Him. It's all about His plan for our lives. And I want that. I want that. I want that not just for myself. I want that for for those that are in my life group, those that I walk with, my wife, my friends, and journeying that together with people of all ages. And I think this year is also just going to be a real insight to opening our, our lives up so that we remove the silos that so can uh, commonly come into place within God's church, that we open it up, that we seek intergenerational, uh, intergenerational relationships where I am mixing with people younger than me, mixing with people that are older than me and not being afraid to call them parents. Some people have had bad experiences with parents. I understand that. But when we're, we're, t- when we're talking about spiritual growth, when we're talking about relationship with God, I want to be able to tap in to that. I want to be able to tap in to what God has and what He wants to say. We're all on a process, as Philippians 3, 12-14 suggests through Paul's word. And Greg was using it this morning. I just want us to read this. and that Whatever stage you're at on your walk at the moment, whether you're just starting out or whether you you feel as though you you've been going on a, a process for for quite some time, Paul's word is is an encouragement to us that we're never always going to get it right. We're never hit it right on the nail. But the beauty of it is is that when I come together with my life group, when I sit down with them, and I journey through with this the process and the growth of sanctification of taking that process of being more and more like the bride comes into being. Paul says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brother and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward What is ahead? I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's amazing for me because I feel that even tonight there are people in this room where you feel as though maybe you are just one of these single reeds and you're out on your own and you're struggling with circumstance, you're struggling with situations in your life. But God does not want us to be in that place. Paul hungered and thirsted after God, after his word, after, after his ways. And he sought that. And he wanted to do that. We can do exactly the same. We should be our desire to hunger and thirst for his righteousness and to seek him and we have so many opportunities to do that this year and so many broad elements. I don't want to just limit it to life groups. I don't want to just limit it to, to Sunday services. But an opportunity to, to mix and to mingle with each other, to socialise. So often we can just be people that, that do just hang out on a Sunday. Where well, we make that change this year where we develop relationships where we can walk together? This Should not be our reality for 2012. Walking together, arm in arm, as the armor of God proclaims, and as the body, we grow and develop strength that means we're unstoppable. The kingdom grows, people are being saved. And coming to know Him more and more fervently. Deb, you had a word which uh, I'd really like you to bring at this time because I just feel that there's there is people that we can really minister to tonight. I can have the team as well.
1: Just while we had our fantastic time of um, worship hmm. prior to Simon's message. God gave me this very interesting picture, which um, is a family of elephants. And I, I love elephants, which is just uh, interesting how God speaks to us about things that we love. But, yeah. but um, what He was reminding me and showing me is that when an elephant's injured, the rest of the family gathers around that one that's injured and protects them. And so I really felt that God was trying to say that we have some people in the house tonight that are injured or hurting or need healing and as a body, we need to get around them and pray for them for restoration and for healing. We don't need to have a big altar call. You know, this is about the body looking after the body. And, um, you know, it's not about having hands laid on by any special person. It's about saying, I need help and getting your brothers and sisters in Christ around you and just allowing them to pray for you and support you because that's what we're about we're a rock family and we do this together and we love each other so if anybody is um, in that situation where they need a bit of loving on and a bit of presence i just stand up and we're going to gather around you
0: yeah that's great so if, if that is you tonight just take a look around you um, if that is, if that is you and just gather around gather around that person speak life Speak life into this situation. Speak the word of God into that situation. The power of the word of God has the power to break off hindrances, has the power to break off. So if that's you.